Hallelujah. Good morning. Amen. He is here this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready to worship the Lord? Can you stand up and let's give him a hand? Hallelujah. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Have your way in this place today, Father. Amen.
this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. How many know God can do the impossible today? Amen. There's nothing too hard for him. No matter what you've gone through this week, no matter what you struggled with, he is the God of the impossible. He'll bring you through, church. He said, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, if we would believe that nothing is impossible to them that believe. Amen. Hallelujah.
all may have a, uh, a giant you're facing this morning, uh, uh, a mountain that you may be uh, facing this morning. Uh, let's, let's think on that mountain. And, and, and God said if you have faith just as small as a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to move, and it'll move. So while we're singing this song, that second verse, think of that mountain that you may have in your life. That, that problem maybe you don't have a Goliath in your life but but you have a you have a mountain that looks impossible to move let's pray for God to to move that mountain right now in the name of Jesus as, they, as you sing that let's sing it and believe it this morning that God's going to move this mountain this morning. we got to believe it, not just say it, but we got to believe it. Let's give God glory. Let's praise Him for the mountain that He's going to move in our life in the future. Let's go ahead and praise Him for that. Let's go ahead and in faith. Let's thank Him for moving that mountain right now. We thank you, God, for, for moving that mountain, God. We thank you, God, for saving our loved ones, God. God, we thank you for a breakthrough, the God, that you're going to bring us right now this morning, God. God, we thank you for a breakthrough. We thank you in advance, God. In faith, God, we believe that you're going to do it, God. In faith, God, we believe that you're going to do a miracle, God. Right now, we believe it right now. We thank you in advance for that miracle. You're going to place in front of our lives. Let's give God a, a praise. Let's clap our hands. Give Him praise. Give Him glory for that miracle that He is going to do in our life. For moving that mountain. For, for doing things that we thought that no one could ever else do. But we know that God did it. So before you take a seat, find somebody on the other side of the, of the room and shake hands with them. find your way back to the seat can we give the worship band a, a thank you as you as you make your way back to the seat
So welcome everyone to Calvary Assembly of God. We are, uh, we are glad you are here. How many of you all like the coffee and the refreshments that were outside? Did everybody get a good feeling on that? So just remind them that we're going to be doing that every uh, last Sunday of every month. We're going to be doing that. So let's, uh, let's thank the ones who, uh, who ran that table. Let's give them a big hand for offering that. Connection cards. If you have not been here in a while, or maybe this is your first time visiting back, uh, we want to remind you that we have a connection card in front of you. Uh, if you could fill that out, that would be great. We'd um, have some things, just uh, just a basic information. We want to hear from you. We want to tell you about what's going on here at church. We want to pray for you, most importantly as well. Uh, we have got another shipment of books. So obviously people have been taking these books home. The Unshakable, Standing Strong When Things Go Wrong. So if you go back into the connection desk, there is a, a book for you. So please, we encourage you to take one of them as well. The men's Bible study starts up. Let me hear you, men. All right, maybe the women will do better. So men's Bible study starts up. September the 6th, it's Wednesdays at 6.30, and that'll go all the way through the 27th of September. And also the women's Bible study. So women, let me hear you. Oh, all right, awesome. They're having the same Bible study as well on Wednesdays at 6.30 from September the 6th all the way through October the 18th. So ladies and men, we want to encourage you all to come out and enjoy this fellowship and support uh, the ones uh, that are leading this. Uh, Pastor, Ma I mean, uh, Brother Malcolm is leading the men's, and Cindy is going to be leading the women's service. September 10th is youth service. So, youth, let me hear you. Yay! All right. So, we are having a youth Sunday. Next Sunday, I will be preaching. Um, bring your laundry basket. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Who. Who loves doing laundry? Oh, we got one person in here. Okay, all right. I like doing it as far as throwing it in the in the washer and then putting it in the dryer and then having the intentions of taking the laundry basket, putting it on the bed, and just say, I'll fold it later. Who all does that? And it just stays there. Next thing you know what you're pulling your clothes out from the laundry basket. So just to give you a dirty laundry is what we're going to be preaching about and what we'll be learning about. So just give you a sneak peek on that one. Um, next Sunday, September 3rd, is a very special day for our, uh, for our pastor and Tina. It's their 40th wedding anniversary. Can we, can we give them a, a big hand for that? 40 years, you, 40 years you, you put up with that guy for 40 years? Probably longer. So, yeah, he said, he said a blessed woman. Oh man, who, it's getting deep in here, guys. <laughs> so we're going to be having a card shower and uh, a table will be set up for this. Uh, this, let's just help celebrate this fantastic journey with lots of cards and lots of love. Who loves our pastor and his wife? So let's show them our love with, with the cards and appreciation next Sunday, please. Uh, if you might want to dig a little deeper in your wallet, let's, let's, let's show our love to Pastor Kevin. So as he comes up, let's give him a big thank and a big uh, hand clap uh, for our pastor. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Let's give our youth pastor a hand this morning. Amen. It sounded like down there that he said next Sunday's with you Sunday, but it's the 10th. Okay, guys, the 10th, bring your uh, laundry baskets. I wonder what he said. So uh, I appreciate Pastor John. Isn't he doing a wonderful job? Uh, I feel sorry for Pastor Steve and Cindy. They're on a cruise this, this coming week. So, oh, yeah, yeah. We got some special things, a few special things this morning. Brother Jerry Herndon, it was his birthday this week. And I will, won't tell you his age, but he is 70, he turned 17 years old. Let's give him a big hand this morning. Amen. Amen. Brother Mark, he turned... 87. Let's give Brother Mark a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many enjoyed the presence of the Lord uh, this morning? At the very end of the service, Sister Betty Newsom will be singing a song and giving a testimony. She has been attending this church for 54 years. Let's give her a hand. And I saved the girls because Tina had put on the end of the paper, and Sister Betty must have told her how old the girls were when she attended. But I told, uh, I told Tina, I said, if I get up and tell how old the girls were when she started attending, then they will, everybody will know their age, and I'm going to be in the doghouse. Amen. So we're just going to say Betty has been here for 54 years. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for the pastor to go to work. Amen. Amen. What I want to do, uh, Pastor John just kind of set me up this morning and didn't didn't know it. Uh, I want to talk about faith this morning when he was talking about, uh, do you have a mountain that you can't move and uh, uh, but just have a little uh, seed of faith that God says you can take that faith and move that. Move that mountain. Now, in Jewish culture, when they talked about a mountain, what that really meant was it was an impossibility that was in your life that you couldn't take care of. And so what he was saying is the Bible says that that little seed of faith that you have can move that impossibility that you're looking at in your life. Can somebody... Can somebody say amen? And you say, Pastor, uh, what if I don't have a little mustard seed of faith? Well, the Bible told me that, that Jesus said that every man was issued a measure of faith. So we all have the faith to see our mountains move in our life. Amen? So what I want to talk about this morning is the power of God is going to deliver your miracle. The power of God is going to deliver your miracle. Let's say that all together. The power of God is going to deliver your miracle. When Jesus came upon this earth over 2,000 years ago, He came to bring power to change people's lives. When I look in the book of the Gospels, all four Gospels, it's recorded 37 miracles that happened through the power of God. I just want to name a few. The turning of water into wine. He heals the crippled man. He opens the eyes of the blind. Jesus is driving out demonic spirits from town to town. Jesus raises a widow's son. 
Jesus feeds five uh, five thousand plus women and children. Jesus heals a woman that had been sick for eighteen years. Jesus cleansed ten lepers on his way to Jerusalem, and we could go on and on and on where the power Jesus was used by the power of God to set people free. For Jesus himself, it took the power of God to see those miracles come to pass. But you say, Pastor, that was in the four Gospels, that was Jesus, and that was back then. Well, let's go, the Bible says in John chapter 21, if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room or books that would be written of the miracles that God has done. So God, Jesus Christ was doing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And I want to testify to you this morning. I don't know what kind of miracle that you need in your life, but Jesus Christ is still working miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Will you say, Pastor, that was in uh, the Gospels. Well, let me, let me remind you, let's do a jet line tour through the book of Acts and look at some miracles the book of Acts. Many signs and wonders were done in Acts chapter 2. Peter speaks of a crippled man being healed in Acts 3. The power of God shakes the house with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 4. Peter and John are free from prison through the power of prayer, through the power of God in Acts 5. Philip lays hands on the sick in Samaria in Acts 8. Peter lays hand on a paralyzed guy and he is restored in Acts 9. Signs and wonders are done through the apostle Paul and Barnabas through the power of God in Acts chapter 14. Uh, Paul casts out an evil spirit by the power of God in Acts chapter 16. Paul shakes off a viper by the power of God in Acts chapter 28. And here we stand today in Acts chapter 29, the story that is written by you and I through what the power of God wants to do in your life and what He wants to do in my life. We are Acts chapter 29 where God still wants it written that He casted out the enemy. God still wants it written that God raised somebody from the dead. God still wants it written that He healed this one and that one. Jesus Christ is still uh, still writing Acts chapter 29, which is your life and my life, where God wants to do great miracles through the power of Almighty God. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. And that's the dream that I have for this church, that God is doing great things through the power of God. Acts chapter 1-8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Jesus was saying, listen up, church. You're going to pray for the brokenhearted. They're going to be restored. He said, you're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to be healed. You're going to pray for the lost, and you're going to see your loved ones come to be saved. Uh, uh, you're going out into this world, and you are going to make a difference. But Jesus was telling His disciples, it's going to take nothing else than the power of Almighty God. 
And Jesus was telling his disciples, it's not happening without you, without you being empowered. I like what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3 through 5 says. I like the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul went to Mars Hill and he's preaching and he's trying to use his intellect against their intellect to try to change them from false gods to know Jesus Christ, okay? And this is what Paul comes back saying. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message, say my message. Come on, let's say my message. My preaching was with wise persuasion in words. He said, I tried it. And then he went on to say, it was not with that because when I tried it, it didn't work but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Paul said, I've tried to use my wisdom. He said, I've tried to use my knowledge. He said, I've tried to use my understanding. I've tried to use my counsel. I've tried to use my might. And I came up short. And then he, he said, I rethought that. And he said, I realized it was nothing but the power of God that does the transforming. We have, a, we have a vision for this church. The leaders has a vision for this church. That vision is for people to find Christ, to serve others, and to be a part of bringing hope to the world. But it's not going to happen without the power of Almighty God. Listen to John chapter 14, verse 12 through 14. It says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in Me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will even do greater works than these. Jesus says, I am giving you the power, and with that power mixed with faith, you are going to experience great things. Amen? I'm believing that we're coming up on an era, a time... In this church that God is going to start just manifesting Himself through signs and wonders and miracles. We live still with the power of God in our life. And we can pray and the power of God can transform those things that are going on in our life. I come to build your faith this morning. Get your faith level up and believe there is nothing that is impossible for my God. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went out doing great things and healing all that were possessed of the devil, for God was with him. So if you doubt the healing power of God, if you doubt if God is still in the healing business, if you doubt if God is watching over your kids, if you doubt if, if God has got your, your, your kids in school, if you doubt any of that, you got to me uh, 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 just uh, a little too late. Because I've experienced God working and moving and changing and moving things in my own life. You got to me a little too late because it took the power of God to transform, to work, to change, and He's still in the powerful working business. Look at your neighbor and say, I am praying for a miracle in my life. Come on, that's a little weak. Say, I'm praying. 
for a miracle in my life. Now, now, men, watch what you say to your wives, okay? I know you got some miracles, but be careful what you say, okay? You say, I'm praying. Come on, let's say it. I'm praying for a miracle in my life. Only God can provide a miracle, but it's you that you have to put yourself in position to receive that miracle. Only God can provide the miracle. Do we all agree? Do we all agree only God can provide the miracle? But only you can position yourself to receive that miracle. So I want to get, give you a few things. You've got a piece of paper, pencil, uh, your, your iPhone, tablet. Don't be making your grocery list, but you can use your phones, okay? Luke chapter 18 and verse 35, it says, And Jesus approached Jericho. At that time, Jericho was actually called the city of the curse. But Jesus approaches Jericho. A blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked, what's happening? He's blind, he can't see, and it's just chaos going out around him. But when he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked, what's happening? They, hold, they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was coming by. So he began shouting, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, if you were blind, you cannot see, and you've been like this for years, and you have heard of the miracles that Jesus has done through the years, and all you know that somebody said that Jesus is passing by, how many of you would have been shouting to be healed? So he begins shouting, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. The people around him said, be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. But he only started shouting louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. And Jesus came near. And Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do? Lord, he said, Let's say it together. I want to see. Let's say it together. I want to see. And Jesus said, All right. All right. This is just Jesus. All right. Receive your sight. Wow. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God, and all he saw, or all who were with him, praised God too. I picked out four that I believe, five actually, powerful points out of this, uh, out of this story that sets you and I up to receive our miracle. If you need a miracle this morning, I would be tuned into this radio station because you need to position yourself for a miracle. And I just feel faith in me this morning that God's going to use what I'm saying through the rest of this sermon to ignite some faith in somebody to believe that your miracle is possible to happen in your life. Write this down. We have to position ourselves and be passionate about what God, we need God to do in our life. We have to be passionate. 
God loves passion. God loves to see people that are passionate. God loves to see great passion in you and in me. God loves people that reach out to Him with passion. David said this in Psalms chapter 42 and verse 1. As the deer panteth for the water brooks, so my soul pants. My heart longs for you, oh God. Hear David's passion. Oh God, my soul pants for you, Lord. Here's my passion. Lord, I love you with an everlasting love. Hear David's passion. As the deer pants after water, my soul, Lord, my soul pants after you. If we want to see a miracle in our life, We've got to have passion for the miracle that we need to receive in our life. Remember the blind man began what? Come on, do we have to reread this class? Okay, come on. We have to reread this because it don't sound like you were listening, okay? We have to go back over it. The blind man started what? Shouting. And then when he didn't get Jesus' attention when he first shouted, he shouted what? He shouted louder. That gives me the point that he had a passion to be healed. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says, and God says, you'll seek me. Say seek me. That means seek me means you seek me with passion and you'll find me. And when you seek me with all your heart, when you seek me with a passionate heart, he said, you're going to find me. You're going to get your miracle. Now, how many of you love sports? Everybody with the Dallas Cowboys. How many of you love sports? Yeah, yeah. I love I love football, I love baseball, I love basketball, and I'll shout and, and, and holler just like the next person. But I wrote down, but I'm not going to shout louder for some guys that I don't know and be silent to the one who has did everything for me. I got to have passion to receive my miracle. The second thing that I seen in this story was when praying for a miracle, I got to be persistent. What if God doesn't heal me today, Pastor? Pray tomorrow. What if God doesn't heal me tomorrow, Pastor? Pray the next day. What if God doesn't heal me the next day? Then pray the following day. Be, pa be passionate, but be persistent about what you're praying about until the answer comes. I like the story in Luke chapter 18, and I'm going to try to read it a little fast. It said, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Say, never give up. Let's say it again. Never give up. And he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared uh, anything about people. There was a widow in that town who kept coming to him and kept pleading. She was persistent. Grant me judges against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even, even though I do not fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so he wouldn't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust says. And will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off? I tell you, He will see that they get justice and quickly. 
However, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on this earth? Jesus is looking for faith. Jesus is looking for that mustard seed of faith. The woman kept coming to the judge, and the judge paid no attention to her. And the woman kept coming to the judge, he kept paying no attention to her. The woman kept coming to the judge, and he kept paying no attention to her. But she said, I'm not giving up. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not giving Come on, come on. I'm not giving up. Let's say it again. I'm not giving up. I'm going to be persistent for my miracle. Pastor, how long do I got to keep praying until the answer comes? How long do I got to keep praying for my kids till the answer comes? How many do how many how long do I have to keep praying for that healing till the answer comes? How many how long do I got to keep praying about that job till the answer comes? You got to keep praying, you got to keep praying, you got to keep seeking God, you got to keep getting on your face, but you cannot give up. You got to keep fighting, you got to keep fighting, you got to keep fighting, and you got to keep believing, you got to be persistent, and you got to be passionate. Number 3 i got to be precise. Remember Jesus asked him, what do you want? God is a God that wants, to tell, wants, to tell, wants you to tell him, excuse, excuse me, about exactly what you need. Why do we always beat around the bush with God? Why do we always beat around the bush with God? He knows what we have need of before we even ask. But He wants you to tell Him exactly what you need. Exactly. Well, God's going to think this is too small. Nothing's too small for God. And may I testify that nothing is too large for God to handle. Say nothing's too small. Say nothing's too large. For God to handle. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, You do not have. Because you don't ask God. God, I pray that you would, you would do... I, I, I kind of wrote a, 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 how some people probably pray. I don't know how close I am, but here it is. God, I pray that you would do this or that. If you give, if you give sometime in the next few days, that's fine. Maybe do it if you hear me. And I think you might hear me. And I'm not for sure if you hear me. I'm not, I don't know whatever, God, that I ask you, you could, could maybe do this, but I'm not for sure. I think you might do this, but I'm no, I don't know if you're going to answer my prayer or not. God, I pray that you would do this, but I'm not for sure if you could do this or not because I've waited so long to pray. What kind of prayer is that? God wants us to walk in our prayer closet. And He wants us to tell Him exactly what we need. Remember the blind man says, I want a what? <laughs> Come on guys. <laughs> Wake up. I'm going to let you go here in a few minutes. All right? What did the blind man say? I want a what? I want to see. If it's your children, say, God, this is what, this is what I want. Well, I just want them, I want them saved. Well, we all want our kids saved, but 
What about closing your eyes and saying, God, I want my daughter to get a good education. I want her to get a good job. I want her to find a godly husband. I want them to raise godly kids. I want them to go to a great church. I want to see them raised up and make a difference in their community. I want, I want my daughter to believe in worship. I want my boys to be doing this. God, i got such a vision for my kids. It's unbelievable. God, I'm telling you exactly what I want to see. Wouldn't it be awesome to see God bring every bit of that to pass? God, I want to see my grandkids from gender. The Bible says from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, from generation to generation to generation. I want to see my grandkids, kids, God, I want to see every one of them saved. I want to see every one of them walking with God. I want to see every one of them married, uh, uh, married godly spouses. I want to see God. That's what I want to see, Lord. And I'm asking you for that. That's not a selfish request. Is it, Brother Dale? That's not a selfish question. I want all my kids saved. I want all of them walking with God. I want my grandkids saved. I want all of them walking with God. And just tell God exactly what you want. Maybe your son is not saved now. Maybe your daughter is not saved now. Maybe your grandkids are not walking with God. But you know what? When granddaddy walks in that, gets in that prayer closet and mom gets in that prayer closet and falls on their face before God and tells God what they want for their family, I can tell you, church, God's ears start perking up. We've got to be passionate. Then we've got to position ourselves. Have faith, have confidence, believe, and stay true. And don't waver. Be positive. The widow woman did not waver in her faith. She kept a positive outlook right in the midst of her trouble, right in the midst of her circumstance. She kept a great attitude. She kept a great mindset. And she kept a great outlook right in the middle of it. How many of you have ever experienced, I like to call it the Spirit of heaviness to come on you. It's just like, my, where's, where did all this come from? The spirit of, of heaviness. And you're go, already going through something in your life and you need a miracle in your life and like a spirit of, of heaviness comes on you. It, it's in that fiery furnace that you and I, it's in that fiery furnace that you and I are almost like tested of our attitude if we're going to stay positive right in the middle of our fiery furnace. You know, Nebuchadnezzar, remember when they threw the three Hebrew children in? They said, you know what? It doesn't care if we burn up. In so many words, if we burn up, we're seeing Jesus. And if not, we're going to see Him anyway, right? He said, it, it, it doesn't matter to me, the three Hebrew children said, whether, we, whether we, we're not going to bow. So if we're not going to bow, if you want to throw us in there, we might burn up, but we're not bowing. And either way, we're going to see Christ. Okay? You've got to keep a, a positive attitude. And, and how many of you are like me? The first time something is, happens in my life, I always go to the default mode of griping and complaining and going down the wrong track. Come on. It's like a default mode on me. 
I'm kind of high strung anyway, pops. So when things are going good, I'm in the air. But when something hits me, it's like I just got this default that I go to. God don't want me going to that default. When something hits me or something comes my way, that I stay with a positive attitude. Luke, Luke chapter 18, for some time he refused, the judge refused to give her what she wanted, but he finally said to her, even though you don't fear God or care about people, yet because the widow woman keeps bothering me, she had a positive attitude, I am not giving up until my miracle comes. Period. I'm going to keep a positive attitude when it's raining. I'm going to keep a positive attitude when it's hailing outside. I'm going to keep a positive attitude when things are falling apart. Because my God said He's going to supply my need according to all His riches and glory. He's taking care of it regardless. I position myself for a miracle when I stay positive in the midst of the fire. And brothers and sisters, that is tough sometimes. She said, I'm not giving up. She kept a good attitude, a great mindset, great outlook. Luke chapter 11 verse 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and that is what? It's yours. Lastly, it teaches me to be praiseful. I must be thankful after I receive my miracle. Now, this one's big, and I hope you brought your steel-plated shoes for my last point. I was here to build your faith, and now on this last one, I'm going to hit you hard before we leave, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to hit me hard. Come on, he's going to hit me hard. Okay, when Jesus touched the blind man, there was a... There was a praise and there was a thanksgiving that went out. What's your reaction when God touches your finances? What's your reaction when God heals you? What's your reaction when God heals your mind or delivered, had delivered you from an addiction that you were fighting with? Maybe you were in the hospital and He brought you out of the hospital and you were healed and you're doing great light right now. What is your reaction when God touches your children? What is your reaction when God brings that great miracle in your life? What is your reaction? Do you start making excuses after that? You know, it amazes. Can, can I just be transparent? Okay, I, I hope it's okay because I've got the pulpit now. So, okay. So I'm going to be transparent anyway, okay? I'm going to just be transparent. It amazes me. It amazes me that the miracles that God does in people's lives that I've seen over the last 17 years, that they're crying out to God, and I don't want to say be crying out to the pastor, I don't mean that disrespectful, but come and ask the pastor to pray for them. Call me up, will you pray for my children? Call me up, will you pray for my wife? Will you pray for my husband? Will you pray for my aunt? Will you pray for my uncle? Will you pray for my kids, pastor? And it's amazing when I have seen God work miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in people's families. I'm just being transparent. I have seen that happen. 
And time goes on down the road. And they quit coming to church. Met a guy the other day, well, Pastor, I love you. And I, if I've heard this, I've heard this 10,000 times. I love you, Pastor, and I love the church. But I'm so busy right now. I got sick and I got behind. And I got this and I got behind. Not able to come to church for an hour on Sunday. Then I wonder if you're reading your Bible. I wonder if you're praying. I wonder if you're giving to the house of God. What does it look like? What does it look like when God has worked miracles in your life? I better do what God's asked me to do. I am a miracle standing in this platform. Pastor John is a miracle sitting here. And there's many of you, there's people here that God has almost raised from the dead on death's door. Or, and people, they just quit serving. They quit giving. They quit going to church. And I'm, I think to myself, God, what's going on? Is it okay for me to feel like that? Where are they at this morning? If God wouldn't have healed them, they'd probably be in the grave today. But I love the response, okay? You guys okay? You still with me? Okay, I, I didn't mean to throw water on the fire, okay? You still with me? The Bible says in 43, instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for giving that to me right in the pulpit. He followed Jesus. He got his miracle and he followed Jesus. He didn't make excuses after he got his miracle. He got his miracle and he followed Jesus. Praising God, all who saw it, praise God too. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but at everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You want to honor God? When He works a miracle in your life, you honor Him with your tongue, and you honor Him with your actions. Let's say that again. You honor Him with your tongue, and you honor Him with your actions. If God's worked a great mir any miracle in your life, you should be serving. You should be serving. I, I, I'll just say Jim. I won't say his last name. We're on camera. I'm going to just say Jim. He told me, isn't that just what we... He, I was talking to him one time. He said, Pastor, isn't that what we're just supposed to do? If you save, you serve. I mean, if God brought me out of the miry clay and set my feet on a solid rock, I'm supposed to serve. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? If that miracle comes, I need to be serving. I need to be giving. I need to be throwing my hands up and thanking God. I need to be coming to the house of God encouraging others that they can get their miracle. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen? Why? Why, Pastor? Why, 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 why? Why the Thanksgiving? Because Thanksgiving and worship helps you move your faith to receive your miracle. The power of God 
is going to give you your miracle. The power of God is going to deliver your miracle to you this morning. Let's stand and let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. Man. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Hey, praise the Lord. If you're here, old, young, you say, Pastor, I need a, I need a miracle in my life. Would you raise your hands this morning? Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Look at the hands that went up. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your pastor this morning. Had a lot of hands to go up. I want to get this out of the way because I know how the devil works. Know how he works. He loves condemnation. The devil feeds off of condemnation. Some of you in here are thinking, God's not going to bring my miracle because I haven't attended church this long. I haven't paid my tithes this long. I haven't did this. I haven't did that. All of that is off of works if you're just doing it to be doing it, right? Amen. Amen. Can I free you up this morning? If you're saved, you're just as saved as I am. Amen. I don't care if you're a, a small child or if you're 90 years old this morning. God wants to touch your life. Oh, do you hear me? God wants to bring you a miracle. I don't care if you're a little child. I was the size of one of these little boys in a Pentecostal Holiness Church. And I think, well, I think I don't think I was maybe seven or eight. Pentecostal Holiness Church. This might not be, mean much to you, but I had a little warp to come up on my finger. I'll never forget this. And I thought, oh Lord, I'm gonna die. I'm not. I'm, I'm probably. I might not have been but six years old. And so the pastor says, if anybody needs a healing in your body, come to the church. Now I was raised in an old-fashioned Pentecostal Holiness Church. And I walked to that, you know, when you walk to an altar as a kid in the Pentecostal Holiness Church, you have about 10 men get around you. And they started praying for me. And I don't know if it was on a Sunday night. I don't know. I know I end, one time I ended up in the floor and these guys are just spitting and sputtering all over me. And, and they lay hands on me to praying for me. So help me God, church. The next morning I went up to go to school, that warp was gone. That that might not be that might not be no big miracle to anybody in here, but for me as a little seven or eight year boy, boy, it taught me. God heals. God heals, Jeff. Five years ago, I was saved from a, as you know, from a. A horrible heart attack. I want to tell you that I'm no special person. Just ask my wife's been married to me for 40 years. Don't ask, please, for God, don't ask my brother. But listen, I'm telling you that God wants to bring your miracle to you. He's no respecter of person, Pastor John. 
And why not this morning? I mean, come on, why not this morning? Why not this morning? If you need a miracle in your life, I'm just going to ask you to come. We're going to pray for you. We just do like Jesus. Jesus just said, be healed. And we're going to pray. And then we're going to let Betty uh, sing and do her testimony. But I want to take a few minutes just quickly. If you need a, you need a miracle, you just quickly run up here real quick. I, I, I need my under shepherds and I need my, my, my elders and everything to come on up with me. You need a miracle. Come on. Praise God. Come on. I need help up here. I need help. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, we need a Amen, amen. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
And you know, I, I gotta, for some reason, the Holy Spirit has put a level of faith in me this morning, and it's the Holy Spirit, that I'm just believing that God, hey, listen, guys, God's gonna do it. You gotta keep believing, okay? Look, look at everybody that needs a miracle. Look at me just one second. Look at me one second. I promise we're gonna transition. I'll preach all day. Listen, I will preach all day. Listen, this is where we kind of jump ship our problems here, and we start focusing so much on our problem that we keep keep we quit focusing on the Word of God. Okay, so here's our problem, our issue, our sickness, our marriage, our kids, our husband, our wife. And we keep focusing because we're in the natural, right? We're in the natural. We're living in the, this natural. But we are supernatural beings through the power and work of the Holy Spirit. So we focus on that. Get your eyes off of that and say, God, you got it. You got it. I'm going to keep saying, you got it, God. I don't have it, but you got it. That's what Tina told me the other day. She said, honey, quit focusing on it. God's got it. Okay? He's got it when I'm alive. He's got it in the daytime. He's got it in the evening. He's got it in the morning. And listen, he's got it when I go to bed. Amen? He's got it. And your miracle is coming in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Go back and be seated for a few minutes. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Michelle, if you will, bring Sister Betty up. Hallelujah. What's that? Hallelujah. Is it good? I'm sorry, brother. You normally do your... Okay. Praise the Lord. Can you see that, Sister Betty? You want oh, it raised up a little bit? Oh, you know that bar? You don't need that stand? No. Well, huh? <laughs> Let's give Sister Betty a hand this morning. That's a long time to be coming and being faithful to the church. Stretch your hands this way. Father, we thank you for Sister Betty this morning. We thank you for the life she has lived for the kingdom of God for 54 years at this same church. God, we're asking you this morning that you will anoint her, that you will touch her, any, any anxiety, anything, God, just touch her right now. God, we thank you for the life she has lived, and so we ask you to bless her. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I just want to thank the Lord for blessing me for 54 years that I'm still able to come into God's house and I'm still able to call upon Him and I know He is always there. There's one thing I know without a shadow of a doubt. I know and I know and I know that I am a child of God. He has healed me so many times. He has touched my kids, my grandkids. I raised my kids here, my grandkids. And Junior loved this church. And he said, Hunt, when my time comes, take me to Calvary. He said, I want that to be my last ride out of the church. He loved Patrick Kevin. And I never will forget what he told Patrick Kevin. They're at home, close to his death. He said, you always trust in God. 
You do what God tells you to do. You can't please everybody. Even God can't please everybody. But he said you do what God says and God will bless you. And I believe that with all my heart. God has touched me in so many ways. And I went yesterday to get my hair done. And I want Sister Tina to hear this. And I was getting ready to leave. And uh, Rosie said, she said, Betty, I heard you are a praying woman and that you pray and you pray and you meet on Mondays. And we do, and let me tell you something. God touched my sister. I couldn't be here Monday. So I asked Thelma to request prayer for my sister. And you know, she went to dialysis on Tuesday. She left my house on Monday, went to dialysis on Tuesday. And don't you know, the doctor said, I want to talk to you. And Pat said, okay. He said, I want you to know you only have to take dialysis starting this week on Tuesday and Saturday. And let me tell you something, that is a miracle of God. I believe in prayer. You know, when you pray, you got to believe. I'm praying for my grandchildren while they're away at college. God is going to take care of them. He's going to watch over them. He's going to put them in the right direction. And I'm going to sing in the garden. I come to the garden
Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Thank you, Sister Betty. We love you here at Calvary. Let's give her a hand and let her know how much we love her here at Calvary. Amen. You're going to sing next? I asked Michelle, I said, you're going to sing next? She said, no. Praise the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you. You are a good, good father. Thank you for putting us together as a family of God. Where God will love on each other. We'll leave out of this building, God, today. And help us to think about each other. Help us to remember each other in prayer. Father, you just tap me on the shoulder. Father, we pray for... I know he don't really like me to call his name out, but Jason this morning, God, our police officers here this morning, God, he may transition into another job, and he's on the street night after night after night. God, we hear horror story after horror stories. God, he's become to be a God of friend, God, and I just ask you, would you put angels in that police cruiser with him? Would you watch him over him every stop he makes? God, that you will walk with him and be with him and protect him. And that your hand will be with him. He's made transition into another job and God working at night. But God, I know you're going to protect him. And you're going to keep him. Father, thank you. For bringing our miracle home. God, thank you. For bringing, help us, Lord, to just slow down and care for each other. We're all busy. We all got jobs. We all got careers. We all want to succeed and we all want to move forward. But God, please help us to slow down and just think about each other and pray for each other. Because we need each other. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. You have a wonderful week in the Lord.